I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the Football Ramble. It's an on-the-continent takeover. Andy Brassel and James Horncastle are here from our European football sister show as Pete and Jim are both away. Luke Moore is, of course, by my side, steadying this ship. I, thought, I was about to say, don't forget about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time we've had guests on the on the Football Ramble, Andy. And uh, hopefully the last. Yes. Charming. Yeah. Charming. <laughs> Thanks but, for that. We, we thought to ourselves... You two disgrace yourselves twice a week, every week on the continent. <laughs> yes. Disgrace ourselves. The, the, the home of disgraced football podcasters <laughs> is the Football Ramble. Welcome. Yeah, yeah Thank I mean, you. Jim and Pete have got themselves out of it for, yeah, for, yeah. for, a, for a show or two. Uh, but we appreciate you stepping in. Yeah. Because I think the last thing that the listeners want is to, to really know what Luke and I think about the world of football. Definitely. And also, just so you know, and so everyone can listen in as witnesses, you're not getting paid in the extra. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh-huh. But that's that. Yeah, indeed yeah. it is. Indeed it is. But, uh, Show over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Of course, we're going to talk about the, the two Manchester sides, uh, Arsenal and Bournemouth, but we shall start with Manchester United and Newcastle United. And it's a shame that Pete's not here uh, to talk about such things. <laughs> well, it would have been a shame had they saw it out. Yes. But they didn't see it out, uh-huh. uh, as usual. So uh, as he's, usual. Probably, he's probably uh, lucky. As usual. To... I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, maybe Newcastle should just think not 
uh, we shouldn't get in front in this game because every time we get in front in this game, we lose. It just—it's a statistical. It just happens all the time. I think it's eight times now that they've managed to get in front against United and just like you know. Is that? But is it not ultimately Kevin Keegan's legacy? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about it. Like I mean, they could have they been true. Could they have been twelve nil up? Yeah. <laughs> With a game in hand, that was. Yeah. I, I, I think I captured the tragedy of it because my, my wife is from Newcastle, as obviously uh-huh. her, her family. Does that mean you're allowed to slag them off then? Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> not, unless, not, his, not, not his family. Unless Newcastle. they're around, yeah. <laughs> but but bas- basically, um, my in-laws were going to watch it on my BT subscription. So while they? They're, while they're going off during the, during the first half, having an incredible time... I changed my password, so I was trying to what? look up Mugging them off. The, the new password. And Michelle's mum's like sending a text going, "Oh, it's all right. Your, your dad's quite happy listening to Do it the on accent, the radio." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then, repeat. <laughs> and and then I finally got it working at half time, and so I get a text from my mother-in-law saying, "Well, hey." We've got it. Yeah, great. And obviously they got the not How so it? good heart. Oh, so I, I, I feel a little what, responsible. What, what did you make? So, so when this sort of result happens, when this sort of performance, this sort of game comes to pass, I always find that coming off the back of it and talking about it, it's quite a difficult thing to cover because on one hand, you need to give Mourinho and Man United credit for the way they turned it around. But at the same time... Do we have to give them that much well, credit? Well, this, this is going to be my question because the first half, they were they were completely listless, well, the, absolutely listless. I would give them credit because only a week ago, we had, what, Chelsea-Liverpool, which was probably one of the games of the season because yeah. both, both managers... Cop was talking about this on Friday... It's like at a certain stage, Maurizio Sally turned to him and said, "God, that's this is fun, isn't it? We're really enjoying ourselves." And it was, and Klopp was talking about. <laughs> Where do you reckon Mourinho uh, last week? Mourinho and Benitez. <laughs> Klopp, 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 was, Klopp was talking about it in his press conferences, though. This is what football's all about, you know. We 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 don't save any lives. We're not surgeons, you know. Mm. We're here to entertain people. Mourinho and Newcastle showed you can entertain people in a completely different way. It's true. Yeah. And uh, for me, I found this more enjoyable than in any James, other game this season. Uh, yeah. For some reason, uh, and I don't, I don't agree, but for some reason, people love horror films and are entertained, entertained by yeah. that as well. Uh, yeah, it's I a mean, similar this, kind of this idea. Is, this is being on the side of the road when there's a car crash and not being able to look away, isn't it? It's, mm. it's that kind of you, it's well, disaster, it United, disaster certainly. tourism. It mm. is, uh, and and uh, Mourinho's rant after the match and, and saying about the the man hunts that were going on in his play and it affected his players. I mean, presumably affected Eric Bailly very harshly as well. I mean, he was taken off after about 17, 18 minutes. I mean, Marina did embrace him when he went on. But yeah, he got a good hug. Yeah, but you, you have to, that's the thing, isn't it? And, and, and Is that a payoff, though, for being and, hooked? And with, and with the... Um, What's worse, Marcus, like being hooked uh, after, what, 10 or 15 minutes, as Bailly was, then or being Victor Lindelof and staying on the bench and seeing basically him trying every other player as a centre-back <laughs> aside from you. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be worse. It's a bit of a mugging off. Well, Mourinho's, Mourinho's like modus operandi now seems to be that, oh yeah, but they didn't give me centre-backs. Even though they did. Mm. Even though he's basically been able to buy two centre-backs for quite a lot of money. And you wonder, and, and we're getting to the stage now where maybe we can sort of question Mourinho's methods a bit more because he's he's struggling and it's finding it tough and they're going to be miles away again this season. I think we can all agree. Um, but before before this sort of came to pass, it was almost a bit difficult to question his methods because he has been so successful. But some of the things you see him do these days with this, the way he treated Shaw last season, now, of course, you can argue that's worked out well because long-term, Shaw's now playing quite well. But taking off a, a, a centre-half 
um, after 20 minutes, not bringing on a replacement centre-half, but bringing on a midfielder and moving your youngest really regular player into, or one of your youngest regular players, into centre-back out mm. of position and putting pressure on him when your team is already 2-0 down in a game when you're at home under a huge amount of pressure. You wonder whether that's the best way of protecting these sort of young players. Well, you wonder if it's point-making, basically. Exactly. The that's is, unlike Mourinho. If, if, <laughs> I know. First time for everything. But if you are going to be in the point-making business, perhaps... Like saying that, well, you didn't buy me the centre-half I wanted when one of the centre-halves you wanted was Jerome Boateng and has yeah. had the beginning to the season that he has after having the World Cup that he had. Yeah. I just keep quiet about yeah, but, it. But, but on, the, on the fact of, on the, on the comment about Boateng there, I mean, Boateng himself phoned Mourinho and was like, I'm not coming. Please, can you stop talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> crying out loud. Yeah. Do you know, I have left this WhatsApp conversation. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. If stop I was bringing Mourinho, me back in. If I was Mourinho when he did that, I'd have been saying, you should be bloody happy. Yeah. Like, I've seen you play. This is a way out for you. <laughs> I, I find it extraordinary. I mean, Gary Neville's obviously been very vocal, as he tends to be, because that's what he's paid to do, and we do enjoy it. But... He's, he defends Mourinho quite a lot, actually. Uh, one of the more sort of vocal um, defenders of Jose Mourinho, apart from the Portuguese man himself, uh, and says it, it talks about the board. It's it, problems at, at board level. I mean, I, I do. Does he have a point there? If, if Mourinho was to be removed from his position, do you think it would be a question that they would get in a manager, whether it be Zidane or uh, uh, Conte, Conte yeah. or you know something like that? They need structure. They need football management structure. I don't think. So you don't I, think I, it is I think just you the... can I think you can partly disagree with Gary Neville. You can think it's the board's fault and you can think it's Mourinho's fault. And yeah. I, I think more reasonable United fans are are in that headspace anyway. What would you think to um so, so Zenadine Zidane's agent has said that his client is unlikely to manage in England because he doesn't care for the style of football in the Premier League. <laughs> but what do you think of Paul Merson's uh, comments when he reckons I thought that... you were putting forward Paul Merson for it. <laughs> yeah, it's very unlikely. Um, uh, although he reckons that Arsene Wenger should replace Jose Mourinho <laughs> at Old Trafford. That brings a smirk to your face, doesn't it? Oh, and someone I, I who doesn't need a football structure around him because <laughs> he'll take care of it himself. Yeah. He doesn't believe in sporting directors. But he'll take care of himself quite badly. Yeah. And I think that's that's the problem. On Neville, though, just before we, we talk yeah. about Newcastle, because they deserve a mention Absolutely. as well. On Neville, I wonder why... He does talk about the structure and he does talk about how they need more football people around. And I, I, I read a month or two ago that Mourinho had agreed to the idea of having a sporting director come in and all the rest of it. And we talked a bit about that. But Neville never criticises the Glazers. And I wonder why that is. Mm. He's, he's not so outspoken that he says it's the ownership. This own, these owners have taken this amount of money out of the club um, and they've loaded a lot of debt onto it and it's not a great way to, to run a football club of this size. But they, he, but they have he, spent he, big though. Fine, but he never... Well, fine, but they, they don't have a they don't have a structure they need to okay. compete at the top level, and 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 so and they've not spent in the summer. But that's big. not to do with cost cutting, though, is it? That's to do with like general incompetency. Fine, but what but what I'm saying is well, that's you, something to complain about too, though, isn't it, Andy? Mm. Yeah. yeah. All, all I'm asking if 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 you if you are someone who's an ex-player and you know a legend at the club and, and and a good pundit, and you are in the business of criticising that club off the pitch, why are you only criticising some of the stuff off the pitch? Why are you not criticising all of it off the pitch? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. good. All right. Well, he good. probably well, likes that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think he likes going back there and watching but, the games. Andy, you're familiar with with the Northeast and and and, and Newcastle United. Hi. What did you? Yeah. <laughs> you he speaks the language yeah. as well. What did you make of um, What did you make of their performance? Um, well, they were brave, and they were a lot braver than you expect a Rafa Benitez side to be. And what does that say about United? Yeah, what quite. does that say about United? That's the thing. Everyone's saying they came back and you know showed showed some pride second half. I think that's the absolute bare minimum that you could expect. They still could have lost. 
they yeah. still could have lost in the second half despite the fact they improved that. You they know, should you have think been 3-0 of... down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, John Joe, John Joe. Mm. Sorry, that's my Brendan's John Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 can never, I can never talk about him without uh, channeling Brendan. Is that, that is very much all key on yeah. this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Right? But should he have had a penalty? Well, he should have done. Yeah. But, I mean, should have had a, and, and that should a, have strange, had a corner at the bloody that was, least. That was a strange, I thought Anthony Taylor had a strange game. Yeah. But, but even, but even he when didn't it, see it though. In, in classic Arsene Wenger fashion, the referee just didn't see it. Yeah. That's why he didn't. But even, even when it was two-two, Mo Diame had a free header. That he did. He, that, that he made. He made. He made a mess of. I mean, you can so say even, about a two-nil. A two-nil Rashford had, had a chance. You know, so it does go both ways. That sure. But what what I'm saying is that even when Newcastle were under the pump, yeah, the the chances didn't totally dry up. And you know, this was a team that had scored what four goals in seven games or something. Mm. Yeah, I was very poor. Be- before, before do you, do you fear for Newcastle this season? Yeah, absolutely. But look, look, I, I just don't. I, I just don't see where the where the end to it is. That, that's that's the problem. And the fact that Ashley started turning up at the games. Yeah, that's. I, a bit. I mean, it's it's it's, it's unpleasant. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't see what it adds. It's entitled. I mean. We could of talk... course he's entitled to. I said it was unpleasant. I didn't say it was unjustified. <laughs> when Mike Ashley eventually <laughs> leaves Newcastle United, because of course he will at some point, the legacy... Yeah, unfortunately, we'll all be about 70. I was going to say, yeah. The legacy he'll leave will be non-existent, and we all know that. But he is entitled to go to watch his team play, isn't he? Yeah, he is. But I don't, I don't know. It's kind of false hope, really, for people, isn't it? Because you think, oh, something must be happening. Mm. And it's like the Kenyan rumours. You know, it all seems very premature. Doesn't seem as if it's leading to anything, not, not imminently, at least. Um, and I think at the moment, you know, people have always said, you know, you can talk about rich people, you know, state-sized wealth, buying Newcastle United, and that won't happen because it's a limited market, and they only get fifty thousand or whatever because they're the only they're the only gig in town. You know, mm. forgetting the fact that Sunderland is seven miles up the road mm. or, or, or whatever. I think the way the Premier League's going. If you talk to players, and especially overseas players who've arrived here in the last couple of years, they'll say the atmosphere is a bit of a myth, really. Right. You know, they're, they're sold it on it being really visceral, fast football where the, the crowd are right up in your faces and it's really intimidating. Mm. And you talk to a lot of overseas players now who've arrived here in the last couple of years, and they're like, it's not as noisy or as intense as, as, we, thought, as we thought it was. Now, that makes Newcastle not have a unique selling point. But when it's noisy there, I mean, sometimes it's quite quiet and tense because they're biting their nails and really worried about what's going to happen next. Yeah. But when it's loud, it's really loud. Now, that, I think, is is a great global selling point for Newcastle United. If I had a few quid, I'd, I'd love to buy them. Mm. Yeah, well... If I mean, only you did, Andy. Yeah. If yeah. only you did. A, I'd come a in, far I'd come more pleasant you. man than the aforementioned... Go, go Harvest? Yeah, I'll go Harvest. Yeah, no All problem. Right. Uh, before we... Just mm. a final word on, on Manchester United. I think I think... I know it's probably going against everything that Mourinho sort of stands for in terms of how he likes to manage and, and how he likes his teams to play. But watching that second half against Newcastle, I, I was just thinking, you know, you're going to be miles off the league anyway this season. You're going to be miles away. And a great way to relieve this pressure on you is just to play like you did in the second half. Throw a bit of caution to the wind. Mm-hmm. Give your players a little bit more freedom. And fine, you might win Can the occasional you? game 3-2 and you might lose the occasional game 4-3. But ultimately, you've had such a bad... That's their first win at home since the open day of the season. But, but it's talking, not going to get much worse about, from Man United, is we're it? We're talking about against one of the worst sides in the division. And you're sure. playing like that because of the situation you're in. Mm. True. It, yeah, you, you, if, you, if they start from nil-nil, as they always do, yeah, I think yeah, it's a kind of like, well, we, the, I don't think you'll see the kind of intensity... And sense of urgency that there was about United in that second half. 
And it was completely dictated by the state of the game at that stage. Sure, but I would just counter that by saying with this, a lot of the personnel they have, Martial, Lukaku, Rashford, Pogba, Sanchez, Mata, one or two others, full, you know, Luke Shaw likes to get forward. There's no reason you can't attack. There's no reason you can't attack with those players. There isn't, yeah. and, and, and he has attacked. He's not always been this defensive 1-0 coach, but that has been the most... Or the, the biggest part of Mourinho's career, and and you know if you if you gave certain managers, if you gave Neil Warnock a load of uh, technically gifted sort of continental type players, he's not going to suddenly go. All oh, right, great, we can play. Do you do you feel like I do that that Joe Rawls tackle on uh, Lucas Moura oh. at Wembley is going to be the Cardiff season in microcosm? I think that's going to be <laughs> if 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 you uh, were a club in La Liga or Serie A or somebody like that, and you were trying to dissuade a player of yours to go, go to, to the to Premier England. League. Yeah. For for high wages yeah. and all the rest of it, go. Do you know what they do over there? Yeah. Yeah. And I'd play them that video, have and I go. And the and the manager, the English manager, said, "Well, he didn't try and take his life, therefore it shouldn't have been a red <laughs> yeah. card." I think I'd be we've very much say in southern Spain. We've all seen off the ball incidents. Let's move that to one side. <laughs> <laughs> off, the, off the ball incidents. You know, Eric Cantona into the crowd. Yeah. You know, the other elbow, yeah. elbow here yeah, and yeah, there. Yeah, we don't yeah. endorse that kind of stuff, but that happens. Taken off the field incident <laughs> in a box and put it to one side. Is that the furthest away you've seen <laughs> from the ball someone made a, make this, a genuine tackle? This, this reminded me of, of when you're playing FIFA with someone yeah. and you're about 5 0 down and then you just cut, you just start scything people down. Yeah, that's oh, what it was. The deliberate that's, foul that's button. It. Deliberate foul. Well, yeah. the new FIFA where you can, you can take off fouls, you know, that's what that yeah. is. He also went, he also, what he could have done there was grabbed his shirt or flicked his ankles and got a yellow card, which mm. is basically what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But he went, nah. Oh, do you know what there was? Going, a, do you remember, the, do you remember <laughs> the Wayne Rooney one when he was still at Manchester United and there was a breakaway? I can't remember who they were playing against. Could have been West Ham. Oh, was it from behind? It was from behind. Yeah. Rooney thought to himself, oh, yeah, yeah I've, been, I've been watching about these tactical fouls. Yeah, I'm going to do one now. We'll just get a book in and that'll be great. And he smashes a player way off the ball and the referee's like, red card. He's like, oh, no. It's like crying out loud. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. English players trying to be a bit more carry and whatnot. But, but that's the thing. If it's a striker, it's fair enough. I mean, when we're talking about Man United against Newcastle, there was that one, what, probably about 15 years ago when... Um, oh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Yeah, on Andreas Anderson. That's uh, right. And yeah, he was the only, he thought, oh God, I'm the only guy in the defensive half. I'm going to have to foul him. Well, and basically, because he was, there was one all, I think, yeah, the game finished and they were right. going for the title. And, they were. Uh, yeah, he took the red card, but he knew it was a red card. He walked before the referee showed the red card there. That's my favourite kind of red card. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, let's uh, move on to Liverpool versus Manchester City. Both managers were satisfied after this one, but I'm guessing the watching millions weren't. Does it, do you go, I, feel, I feel a bit short-changed by that game. I thought, I, I thought it'd be um, a real rip-snorter. <laughs> As Pete would say, a thigh rubber. But it, but it wasn't really, was it? It was. It seemed to be one... And, and we've not seen that type of game between these two teams under their current managers... Because do you remember we went through that phase of a, of a good few years back in the day in the Premier League where the big teams playing each other were always ramped up and the yeah, hype yeah. was there, but they'd always disappoint. It would be really nip and tuck and it'd be really yeah. defensive. And we haven't seen that for a while. And this was almost an echo. It wasn't really defensive, but it was an echo of that kind of stuff, wasn't it? I can imagine Mourinho watching that and saying, you see? Yeah. You see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, look, I mean, the first 10 minutes, that was quite fast and furious. I thought Liverpool brought it was a lot of pressure. Um, but then... City managed to establish a bit of control in the game and were very good at uh, denying kind of mm. the Liverpool space, not only kind of to do stuff on the ball, but to just um, up the intensity, up the tempo and really managed to slow them down. Um, and, yeah, I think it was telling that both managers at the end of this game, the, the players they chose to praise were how they defended. Um, you know, be it Van Dijk, but for the but for the penalty he gave away, 
and Stones and the two wing, uh, two fullbacks for for City who cope so well against uh, Mane and Salah, particularly Mendy, who'd what only just just been coming back from injury. So, and Fernandinho played like a bouncer. Yes, <laughs> I thought. Yeah, he, yeah, he, well, he needed to. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a Fernandinho game. It wasn't a Real Madrid game, think, was it? Do you no. think James? Or, or, Certainly not. When when I saw the teams, I thought that's interesting. Going for Stones and Laporte mm. in the centre half um, with with Company and Otamendi on the bench, you know, and I, I suppose that showed what he wanted. He he was always they're always going to play it out from the back. That's how they yeah. how they play. But they were happy to drop very deep because they knew that was going to happen. And I, I think Klopp, uh, sorry. Guardiola, was it the first, not the first time, but was it a rare occasion where Guardiola did change things significantly because of the opponent? Because I think last season he probably thought, all right, they in the 4-3, well, they, they, Man City came back, scored a couple of late goals, you know, on another day might have got something, I don't know. There was less of a sense of we'll play our game. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Because I think that's definitely because Klopp's record's so good against him. I, I, speaking, but it's rare you see Guardiola do that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Speaking of centre backs, I thought it was absolutely ludicrous that they that Klopp broke up Gomez and Van Dijk. I'd have mm. just played Klein. It was Klein, Klein's fit, isn't he? He wasn't in the match day squad, but I think he's fit. And if well, he is, Alexander Arnold was on the bench. Wasn't yeah. He? Yeah, but he got absolutely rinsed in midweek, didn't he, against mm. Napoli? Yeah. And I think he was tired. And was it Mario Rui? Mario ruined him. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is extraordinary in itself. Yes, well, quite. And yeah. so, so I think that was a big gamble to to push Gomez out because him and Van Dijk have had a good understanding. So yeah, I mean, just to go back on you saying uh, you feel short change, Luke. I mean, at the end of the day, this is the seventh game in twenty one days. If you look at, at Liverpool's fixture list in particular, where they played, um, they played PSG, they played Chelsea back to back. They've obviously played this game. Um, and I think Klopp made a, a, a really interesting point at the end of his press conference on on Sunday where he said, the Nations League is the most senseless competition invented ever. And, so, uh, and his perspective on that was was purely, we, we need to look after the players. Mm. The players are, are, are playing more than ever, uh, adding another competitive competition which matters and which is... Um, uh, essentially leading national team managers to say, I've got to play this player because this game matters now. Yeah, it's not yeah. just a friendly. Mm. Is not helping, a, you know, for example, Man City, Liverpool be the spectacle that people wanted it to be and expected to be. Um, I still think the context of that fixture, the, the recent history of that fixture would have led to a game like the one we saw. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the physical condition of the players is perhaps is also another explanation for why it never really fired in the well, way. Well, yeah, Liverpool thinking. just didn't look like they had enough in the tank to press, mm. did they? Mm. It looked like the game in the week caught them by surprise at Napoli and, and, and took a little bit out of them, maybe mentally as much as physically, actually. Mm. What did you make of the Van Dijk challenge for the penalty? I thought Carragher gave it uh, the best explanation of it that I heard and I, I don't think there's a better one, which is when you're already, you're already anticipating what's going to happen. You, you're thinking about what you're going to do. He's thinking, I'm going to I'm going to block a shot or a cross and you go in for it and instead the player's not about to do that and it's too late and you end up you end up fouling. Fine, so yeah. he's anticipating to block the ball. He's thinking the ball's going to come across and instead the ball never comes mm. and so he ends up taking out the player. And he almost gave one away. I mean, you could argue he gave one away <clears throat> before that on Aguero as well. He's quite lucky to get away with that. But was Aguero that not Lovren? Lovren. In the first oh, it was, half. sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was Lovren. I, I, I yeah. love the whole Lovren... 
mime through that where he was like halfway through the challenge and he's like, I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm nowhere near him. Aguero didn't really appeal and to And also, that, well, these foreign no. players, they're too honest. Yeah, they're right. too honest. <laughs> they should go down like Ashley Young. You know? And also, Aguero, Mares, Mane, Firmino, Salah, they're not playing Nations League next week. It's European competition. So. Yeah, but at the same time, they've they've had a World Cup. They were all at the World Cup. I, I still think Salah is to some extent out of sorts from the, the yeah, shoulder, shoulder injury. He looks like he is. Yeah. A lot of stuff that's gone on off the pitch, which I think can be quite destabilising with with his his country and his federation. Um, it's the first time what that front three has gone four games without scoring, um, and I think to some extent. They do look a bit jaded. They um, should have gone in for Eric Maxim Chupamoting. promoting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the thing is shame. with with, with <laughs> Salah, like people, because the injury is not to his legs, people almost don't think of it as a proper injury. And mm. oh, he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. It's about mobility. But, but mm. yeah, you're you're right. And he does look a little bit tentative at mm. times, doesn't he? I think the other thing as well, when you get a player who, and it's totally understandable because the World Cups every four years, and it's potentially the pinnacle of a player's career. When you go full on to play a World Cup that fitness-wise you probably shouldn't be at, it there's always a massive hangover. It yeah. never works out well. You know, you look at the players, um, Shevchenko, Radamel Falcao, there's loads of them. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to affect him for that amount of mm-hmm. time, but I think you've got to say it's going to have an effect. So ultimately it all goes back to Sergio Ramos being an idiot again. Yeah, yeah. As it tends to do in football. Do you reckon Salah's seeing Sergio Ramos everywhere? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like in that film, what's it called? Um, Don't Look Now. Where yeah. He, he, yeah, the, red, the little girl in the red jacket. Do you reckon he's seeing Ramos wherever he... Like, if I was, um, if I was uh, Stones and Laporte, I'd have had a little Ramos mask <laughs> yeah. on my back. You know, like when a, when a farmer's trying to deter a tiger from attacking them, they put a mask on the back of their head, put a Ramos mask, have mm. Ramos's face shaved into the back of your hair. <laughs> there you go, you see. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't you know need to, kept a clean sheet anyway. Yeah, I was going to say. Think about yeah. it for the return fixture. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I saw the highlights again of the uh, Russia-Spain game in the World Cup the other day. And you know where Ignashevich scores that own goal? Ramos absolutely shamelessly tries to claim it as his own. <laughs> yeah. like the fact that he knows he's not scored it. We love all that And stuff. he even, even does the celebration. And, you know, he puts the imaginary phone up to his ear and he goes... He looks into the right down the barrel of the camera and he goes, Tiamas, I'm going to call you. I reckon Salah's watching that game. <laughs> yeah. He sees that in his nightmares. Um, Riyad Mahrez will see that penalty in his nightmares. He will. Yeah, he will. And, and the thing, it's, a ba- it's a poor penalty. There's no question about he that. He missed it's a the poor target, penalty. Yeah. He did. Uh, I thought the great thing about that, Luke, though, was uh, as soon as he steps up, Sky flash up the graphic. Yeah. And you look at that graphic and you think, oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is he taking <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, I swear I've seen him miss a couple, you know, and then that graphic comes up and then, and then the, the, the statistic that he's, you know, Six now later. missed five in, of his last eight penalties yeah. with his last successful one apparently scored in November 2016. Yeah. Only Juan Pablo Angel has a worse record. Yes. Uh, uh, at the penalty and spot. we think of Guardiola as being this guy, attention to detail guy, and then Guardiola comes at afterwards and says, "Oh, you know, it's my fault because I, I should." You know, Jesus wanted to take it, but we we put it upon Mares because he'd been taking them so well in training. It's like Guardiola's a details man; he must know. Well, yeah, he and, must know that in that kind of situation, mm. it's a mile away. Is that from true? Training though, yeah. is, is he not? Well, just, he might just be covering. Is he not just him, killing yeah. the discussion? Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. But one of the journals did put that stat. Marcus just raised two Guardiola. He's like, I, I wasn't aware of that. Come on. He's like, are you serious? Yeah, ben? come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Well, and he didn't. And then Guardiola said, well, he'll get the next one, you know, in this yeah. life or the next. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he'll be. Sergio's on the bench. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Poor old Maris, though. But, uh, but there we are. All right. After the break, we're going to be talking about Arsenal and Bournemouth. We'll see you in a moment. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. First, let's go to emails with Big Lukey Moore. I am <laughs> stepping into Pete Donaldson's shoes and I have taken the time to look at the email inbox yep. and choose a couple Yes, rather than just say... Is that how it works? Well, not with Pete. Okay. Even though he says, oh yeah, there aren't any, in, there weren't any at the moment. Oh, and there's here's a guy that was slagging me off. We'll talk about him. Yeah. That's basically Pete. Are nice. you going in Pete's <laughs> nice. bonnet for him? Yeah, Pete's bonnet for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gillingham fans have come out of the woodwork. Yes, I did see <laughs> That. I did see that. So um, I'll bring you guys up to speed. Uh, I, actually, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll Portsmouth are in League One. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan, Roberts has, Brendan Roberts has been in touch. Uh, loads of people have been in touch, but I've, I've selected Brendan. He says, uh, my highlight of the week this week was seeing Gillingham, Gub, Championship hopefuls, Portsmouth, 2 at Fratton Park. My specific highlight was a goal scored by Tom Eaves, who Luke once described as, and I think I'm getting this right, one of the worst strikers he'd ever seen. Gill's <laughs> <laughs> previous record coming into this game was 1.5 games and we're beating four nil by Pompey in the Carabao Cup last month it was actually the Johnson's Paint Trophy I think because Andy Brassel's AFC Wimbledon not Pompey at the Carabao Cup mm. um but who's counting? Warmly, uh, Brendan Roberts. Uh, Eve's goal at the weekend. So I went to go see Gillingham on the first day of the season last season. I remember you talking they, about they him. They played South End, and um, it was a ridiculous game. And I think Eve's. I think he might have got a hat trick. I think he got a couple. And honestly, he was dreadful. Yeah, he could. Hardly, it's like he could hardly move. He was like a really poor man's Andy Carroll. Mm. 
I thought you could say Andy Brassel. Yeah. <laughs> you, you well, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't Adam and Eve's it. He no, was you couldn't. Bad. Exactly. Yeah. And the goal he scored at Fratton Park, mm. no joke. Have you seen it? No. No joke. Back to goal on, on the corner of the penalty area, comes to him, flicks it up his left foot no. over the defender and volleys it in with oh, his right foot. It was, it was incredible. It was like, I'm not making it all about me, but it was like a personal fuck you. <laughs> what I love about Brendan there is that he's been sitting on that for nearly uh, just over a year now. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I can, and I, I admire that. It away. I admire when that. you're a Gillingham fan, it's little victories, isn't it? Well, that's a big victory. Oh, come on. Resentment is the backbone of social media. <laughs> that's true. And football. And football, yeah. yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, and what else we got here? Oh, yeah. A few people got in touch about this as well. Jacob Fenton was the email that caught my eye. He To make us aware of a frankly ridiculous comeback in the FA Youth Cup. Have you seen this? Yes. Right. BBC covered it online, so some people may have seen it. Have you seen this, Marcus? I don't think so. Nuneaton Borough in the FA Youth Cup mm. were 7-2 up after 57 minutes. Oh, no. And Hales Owen Tan managed to come back to win 9-8. Oh, man. There were eight goals in the last 28 minutes. That's different class. <laughs> that is absolutely... Eight, 83 people in the crowd witnessed that. Can, can, <laughs> I, just, can I just say, if, if this was in the Greek second division, your eyebrows would be raised. Yes. <laughs> You're not on the continent now, Andy. Say no more, Andy. Apologies. Say no more. We don't have corruption in England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There we go. So that's fantastic, so it, though. It was. It Do was, me a favour. Nuneaton Borough were eight seven up after eighty six minutes, and they still oh. lost. What a, what a! I love that. So, so the, the uh, who were the other side? Uh, Nuneaton Borough and Hells are in town. Yeah, town. Yeah, had um, <laughs> uh, pulled a load of goals back. Yeah, but Nuneaton still scored in that time yeah, to stop the momentum. They broke exactly. the last done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's still it. got beat nine eight. <laughs> What a game. I would love to believe when that goal that looked like it was the clincher was over, the guy who scored it mm. went over to the corner flag and did that. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Sign. The, the Benitez. The, the, the Benitez. Yeah. yeah. Who, who, which manager got really pissed off at Benitez doing Allardyce. that? Sam Allardyce. That's right. Yeah. Who got pissed off? Yeah. Just go through, <laughs> just go through the traditional English manager. <laughs> yeah, was it Warnock? He wasn't in the division. Oh, he might have been. I can't remember. Speaking of that, I went down the traditional English managers to look for um, what. Uh, how likely Alan Kerbishley was to get the Villa job. He's still, he's still in there. He's Is he still, still in, the mix in there? Up, like 100, 100 to 1 or something. No way. Oh. Yeah. I'd love to see Kerbishley back. I'd, yes, particularly to tutor Thierry Henry and John Terry. I'll yes. show you how to do it, guys. Yeah. I'll you, show you how to You yeah. need my mentorship. Oh. I'll show you how to do something, <laughs> which I did ages ago. Love him. <laughs> Absolutely love him. Right then, um, Arsenal. They gubbed Fulham. Uh, 5-1 we've got our Arsenal back it was one of the chants coming from the Arsenal end at Craven Cottage uh, after eight matches Arsenal just two points off the top gentlemen are they properly up and running now Luke? Nine games in a row they've won in all competitions it's um, impressive they seemed you know it's hard to sound Emery because it's still very early but uncharacteristically ruthless I mean their, their yeah. players they've brought in off the bench made a contribution as well I was looking at this really from a Fulham point of view I mean I know you'll probably have some strong feelings on this, Marcus, but <laughs> Fulham are really in yeah, it's, bad it's... nick. I mean, it's 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 not been mentioned that much because mm. I think, as we talk about a lot on, on this show, people like to pigeonhole teams and think, oh, that team played really good football in the championship and they're quite good to watch. So um, but they'll think, be okay. So the yeah, the, the other reason for that, Luke, I think, is there's always a risk when a club comes out of the transfer window mm. and we're saying, wow, they've done a lot. Of, they've done some great business. Yeah. And that's usually also, it it also means they've done a lot of business. And mm. is it too much? Yeah. And all of a sudden the manager's having to integrate, pl uh, integrate players. And not that I think will disrupt the dynamic, the momentum that they had mm -hmm. as they come up. There's no doubting that they've signed some good players. But I think that it's the lack of continuity to some extent. But they, 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 I agree with that. But they've also got to, Jukanovic has got to um, 
drillish team. They've got to be drilled. Mm. Yeah. They are the worst team in the Premier League without the ball. They, they are so yeah. bad without the well, ball. Yeah. They, they must can't... have conceded more shots than than any other team in the league. Well, they've conceded more see... goals easily. They yeah. have, definitely. I'd love to see Cyrus Christie's average position against Arsenal, yeah. who are a team coming off the back of eight wins in a row, who at their best can, will pass you to death. Yeah. One of the goals Arsenal scored was one of the goals of the season. And... and Christie could not drop in. None, none of them could drop in. None of them could to tighten up and make it really, really difficult to be broken down. They have to understand that in a game against a team like Arsenal, even at home, there's going to be long periods of the game where you are going to have to dig in. You're going to have to ride it out. You're going to have to defend properly. But and without you, the ball, they are terrible. But even if, even if you didn't, even if Fulham had 65% of the ball in that game, they still probably lose it. Because when you, I, what I don't understand is why do you decide to experiment with three at the back when you've got a yeah. team with mm. and I, I know what you're saying about Christie getting up the pitch and not really getting back Cyrus the virus gratuitous yeah. con air reference yeah. there. no never could <laughs> nothing, yeah. wrong, with that. That. nothing <laughs> wrong with that yeah the idea that 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 would be a good idea to leave that much space in the wide areas when Arsenal never mind the passing what about the pace it's, it's not really about the passing with Unai Emery teams in, in mm. general, but look at the way they can make quick transitions. Look at Lacazette and on top of that, even more so, Aubameyang uh, when he came on. Mm. Um, uh, Mkhitaryan is very, very quick as well. It's nuts. It's a nuts tactic. I, I think, yeah, I, I think with Fulham... I think that they've had a little bit of joys. I mean, I've watched them when they beat Burnley at home. They scored four goals and they were easily the better. Burnley were going through a bad The signs were there on the open day of the season though, against Palace. They got absolutely sucker punched. Sure. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, you're right. Um, I, but I think for, for Fulham fans, they would have watched that and thought, ah, oh, do you know what? That's just, we're up in the Premier League. Yeah, we'll get used to that. We, you know, at times Fulham outplayed Palace. So they'll think, yeah, okay, on a better, another day, we would have won that game and so on. Mm. We watched them at Wembley against Spurs. There was a little period where they actually had a bit of domination and Mitrovic yeah, scored. Off, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And and again, Fulham fans may think, oh well, against Spurs, you know, they are a better side. But we had that little bit of we'll be okay, we'll be okay. And it's that idea of I, oh, but it'll come good. We'll click. The, the signings will click. And now, when you look at the way the results are going, especially you know that Arsenal. I mean, losing five on at home is is very bad. And it was so soft. It's kind of like, hang on, when is this going to click? Because you suddenly find yourself you're in December. Yeah. You, you know, you you're in the bottom through ever and you're thinking bloody hell is this ever is this going to click are we going to integrate these players and so on and it's suddenly panic stations and Fulham are not the type of side as Luke has said and I'm sure a lot of people think to think right let's just keep it tight now and let's mm. just be solid they let's do, do the it. basics yeah. in, in, in perspective Andy you know if they carry on the way they're going now they'll consider 100 goals this season yeah wow and uh, that's, that's you, you'll be relegated but but you're, you're right about Jukanovic needing to drill them I mean they're in one of the hardest positions because Premier League clubs, and not unreasonably, I think, sometimes, always think about it that if we're in trouble, let's just hold on until the winter window. The last thing they need to do, yeah. as James underlined, is, is buy more players. Yeah. They need to streamline. They need to work with the players they've got. The thing you is... You don't think they should have a Mitroglou moment? No. <laughs> no. no. They need no. A, He's available. They need more Mitrovic moments. I, I think the, the thing is... It's, it's nice to believe that there's a plan. Like with Wolves, I mean, what they've done very well, as well as having that stability, which is the complete mm -hmm. opposite of Fulham, to compare them to another promoted side, is the fact that they've been able to drip signings in two or three at a time. Now, that's ideal because, as James says, you maintain that momentum from the previous season. But with Fulham, the identity is completely gone. And some of those, some of those players, okay, some of them you feel will really contribute, like Seri will really contribute. 
But others, Vieto, they've just picked them up because they're there. They're opportunity signings. They're not planned signings. You can sort of see what he's done, though, because they did have their style in the Championship, which served them well. Mm. And Jukanovic is not going to change that. He's thinking, right, we'll go into the Premier League playing a similar style. And in the early stages of the season, you thought, okay, you can see that. But we'll bring in better players because we need better players. You know, Cardiff have shown that they haven't really improved significantly and and they're having a bad time. Wolves have done it well, as you say, although they slightly different situation and Fulham have just thrown an awful lot at it and as you as you I think it's said. a lack of humility as well though I think they've probably thought or Jukanovic has probably thought they've seen other teams like last season obviously no, no promoter team went down I think he's probably thought at home we can do it we can knock it about we can play football well, I thought they competed well until the Ramsey goal and the Ramsey goal just killed them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they do, this is the thing, they create chances. But, but yeah. they create, look, I, I saw them on the open day. They they were by far the better team against Crystal Palace in the mm. first half. They absolutely battered them and they couldn't score. And they just got undone. Yeah. And, you're, and you, you, I agree with what you're, to, to a certain extent of what you're saying about the Ramsey thing, but this keeps happening to them. Well, it also, I mean, you them. look at, they, con- they conceded the same goal twice where you have a, a striker back to goal pinning the centre back and he's able to spin the centre back and just finish mm. and it's just like that is just that that was too easy twice yeah, yeah, I think Lacazette yeah. and Aubameyang had the same goal and mm. it's like okay yeah that but needs what, improvement but what about Arsenal though I mean in, in previous results against Watford at home you sort of think oh, okay it was it was a bit of a bit of a battle but they came through it and... they, they got they they were lucky to get out of that I yeah thought. but they got out of it they though did, and yeah. there's been a few results where you think okay no, not not amazingly convincing but but they got the result. But when you see that game, and yes, Fulham are there for the taking. But Arsenal, James, it does look like that they're 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 coming to it's coming to fruition. What Emery's trying to do there? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, their away record under Arsene Wenger in what the last year, eighteen months, horrendous. Yeah, yeah. bad. Yeah, really all bad. of a sudden, they're not only picking up points; they're winning games yeah. away from home and and consistently as well. Now, what I would say is, if you look at the fixtures that they've had since the first what couple. These are games you'd expect a team like Arsenal to be to be winning, mm-hmm. um, and I think Emery deserves credit for matching that kind of expectation because we've certainly seen it's easier said than done. Not only with Arsenal, but it's easier said than done with new managers replacing managers who've been entrenched for a long, long time. And he's he looks to be succeeding in getting his ideas across. This was also, I think, impressive um, from the point of view that they were. In Azerbaijan on Thursday, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't get in until five o'clock in the morning on on Friday, and okay, it's a much changed team and all that sort of thing. But that brings with it problems mm-hmm. as well, and he's he's shown himself able to to, to manage that quite well. Um, so, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be encouraged by, and I I just like the fact that it's not either or with Aubameyang or Lacazette. It is, you know, we can we can actually make this work together. That's yeah, that is a think, real I positive. Think, I think Emery deserves credit as well even in these early stages for improving players. We've we've often said on the ramble that yeah. Yeah, Wenger and Arsenal, Arsenal were an undercoached team under Wenger. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the improvement we've seen for, already from Bellerin, from Iwobi, uh, from Rob Holding, who played very well mm-hmm. yesterday, um, that's that, that's encouraging science for mm-hmm. Arsenal fans that Emery's come in, he's got a big job, as I said uh, last week, to unpick the things that he thinks have been done wrong in the latter years of, of Wenger's reign. Yeah, he's also starting to improve players. I mean, Welbeck made a contribution as well yesterday. Um, so it's really, really encouraging. Is he going to is he going to yeah. wear the long puffer jacket when it gets cold? That's when you know it's going to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but he was. I mean, a lot of lots been made of the we've got our Arsenal back thing. But I think he made quite an interesting point after the game and saying like, 
how that enthusiasm is contagious. Yep. Uh, the players are enjoying playing for the club again. It's been a pretty miserable experience for the last few years. Uh, and uh, even though it's a London derby and they don't have far to come, having that kind of away support was was good for the players. Yep. Um, so, you know, all that's encouraging. You, you know, you're not only changing the culture within the dressing room, within the training ground, but you're changing the environment around the, t- around the team at games, be it at the Emirates or away from home. That's a, that's a big positive. I'll tell you what, though, easier to go to Fulham in early October than in mid-December. Or the wind off the Thames. Well, that's why I wonder if Emery, you know, we will see that long sort of sleeping bag type jacket. You'll be able to do the zip more effectively. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you, Andy? It's a very low bar that's been set there. Incredibly low bar. Uh, It's a very high bar that's been set in Bournemouth. Uh, They've got another impressive win away at Watford this time. They're up to six uh, with 16 points after eight games. Only Arsenal, Chelsea and Man City have scored more they do concede a fair few goals as well which which is consistent with last season because they didn't struggle to score goals they struggled to um uh, to, to keep them out but the increase in their goals has been very evident Andy this this season and they are having a bloody lovely time Bournemouth and it's good to see yeah they are I mean they, they took advantage of a particular situation at, at Watford with uh Cabacelle going off but yeah they a took nightmare. A, <laughs> that was a nightmare didn't they honestly <laughs> that was so bad yeah, he could have gone yeah. for the elbow I think yeah. he's had what's called a Wes Morgan yeah, yeah it was it was eerily yeah. similar to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, oh, the Wes Morgan thing. Honestly, yeah. We'll get I mean, to all, that. all on the same player. I, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Back to Bournemouth. Andy. Back from, to Bournemouth. From Watford and Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, David Brooks had an unbelievable start. Fantastic to the player. He looks He's a great been player. Absolutely yeah. tremendous. And I, I, I think we're going to touch on Sheffield United later, but. Um, you know, it's enormous credit to Chris Wilder um, and what he's done there. That, that a player, mm-hmm. I, th- I think as, as well, it shows how the Premier League has changed. I think if you looked at a player like that 10 years ago, you would say, no way is that kid playing in midfield for a Premier League team. Yeah. He's too little. Mm. Shove him out on the wing, yep. wh- whatever. But th- the way that he's been able to bring his influence to bear very, very quickly mm-hmm. on some games for Bournemouth is, is, is very, very impressive. And he's been one of the main players who's, who's helped them step up a level. I mean, they were just so ruthless as well. It's one thing for a team to go down, but to like put your foot on the throat and not take it off is is, is something else entirely. Away from home as well. Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny you say that about David Brooks. Um, you know, he's got a handful of caps for Wales as well, about him being potentially farmed out on the wing. The Danny Murphy syndrome, yeah. if you will. Um, but that, I suppose that's a wider point I'd sort of make with Bournemouth. You know, if you look... They've got, you know, obviously they've got the English coach. They've got a number of, of their squad is largely based of, of English players. Yeah. They're playing well, Br- British players. Well, because they've got Ryan Fraser as well. Sure, but well, I mean, you could you can widen it to British, but even if with English, this this still largely. But okay, fine, British players. And even Josh King sounds English. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we've all been through that moment, haven't we, when we first just sort of came across Josh King. Looked him up and went, "What? He's Norwegian? <laughs> Give him a passport." I did not expect that. That's a bit disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yes. Uh, so considering that that England don't produce too many coaches and managers, certainly on the scale that other European countries do, and, and so on and so forth, Bournemouth, for, for my money, as, as a big England fan, as you all know. A, a Quite a sort of shining example, perhaps, to other clubs because, as you say, you have. Yeah, I think. I but, think but, but a different approach. To, it, it shows you that England can. It's a curious. They case can do it if you see what I mean. I think Bournemouth are a curious case because I wonder whether Eddie Howe just fits that club so well. He has the run of the place down there. He's been there for such a long time. Of course, he famously popped up to Burnley. It didn't work out for him, and he came back again. Mm. And he feels even more comfortable probably than he did then. And 
sooner or later he's going to be picked off or sooner or later he's going to have temptation get put in front of him to of go course. and do something now you know at the very top end it might be England it might be a, a far bigger club than Bournemouth um, who of course play in front of 11,000 fans every week or whatever and that'll be really interesting not only to see if he takes it or not because there is a ceiling to what Bournemouth can achieve I think we all agree mm-hmm. on that um, it'll be interesting to see if he takes it or not and interesting to see if he does take it how he performs because I don't know whether he will get the setup he's got at Bournemouth at any a club any bigger than Bournemouth. In well, fact, I don't think he will. So much of that is to do with the staff. I mean, <clears throat> what he's done very well is surrounding himself with people he's trusted. That's something that works very well for him. I think to look at Eddie Howe in isolation is is not really the right way to look at it. I think, you know, we can talk about the fact that for his personal life and for his family, he wanted to move back down to Bournemouth. But I think the fact that he's surrounded himself with former teammates, people he really trusts so he can effectively delegate. I mean, we, you know, we're talking about Arsene Wenger before, and that's something that he never effectively mm-hmm. did, especially in the latter years of his career. So that's something that really works for Eddie Howe. So if he can, if he can deal with the move itself, I, I think it'll be about how many of those people he, he takes with him. I yeah. agree. I agree. I just, that's I, a shame for Bournemouth fans that we're talking about their record Premier League win by saying their manager's probably off. So well, deal also, with it. Also, Jefferson Lerma. <laughs> how what, good has he been? What a signing. How, yeah, how good has he been? He was imperious at the weekend. Yeah. Expensive signing as well. We talked about, for example, you know, the business Fulham have done. Yeah. Hard to get these sort of things right. And I think that's one of the reasons why Bournemouth have, have, have trusted going with, as Marcus was saying, British and Irish players and having that kind of core there mm-hmm. because I think they've they've occasionally had their fingers burnt when they've gone to other markets yeah. outside of outside of the Premier League and yet he looks the business for them. He gives them that edge. He gives them, the more importantly, the platform to do what they do best, which is that kind of house style of football of yeah. technical, fast, agile sort of wing play. Uh, and yeah, he was... He was imperious on uh, yeah. uh, the weekend. He's also not on course for his usual 15 bookings in a season. <laughs> very disappointing. Yeah. Not the new Vieira, not the new Olivier Decor. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, just before we go to the break, I think, I think yeah, for me, to, to try and clarify what I was saying about Bournemouth there is, you know, if you're a young English manager and you look at the old traditional English managers and so on, you look at Eddie Howe and you go, well, I'll tell you something, that's a bit of inspiration there. And Are you basically just saying he's more handsome than Allardyce? Well, it's an English well, fan. I, I don't need to say that. <laughs> it's, also, it's also an English manager actually likes to keep the ball. Well, that's, this is yeah. what I mean. I'm just I'm just saying yeah. that, that that whole kind of, oh, well, we don't really do that here. Hang on, there's an example there, and it might only be one example, yeah. but it's an example nonetheless. That, and, and, and the players that they're, you know, look at Brooks, look at Lewis Cook, you know, those kind of mm. players. We can do this, guys. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. The South Coast just saw a new contract, though, so leave it. Yeah, no, no, that's leave fine. It, it, all, it. it all feeds in. Leave it. It all true. feeds in. Um, anyway, let's go to an ad break uh, right now. the Football Ramble, everybody. The preview show sponsored by Bet365 is out on Thursday. It's going to be a cracker, Luke Moore. It is. Oh, Jim's back for it. We, oh. we are a new best better as well because James Dick fell short. Dicko. Oh, Dicky boy. He went for a Burnley win. Of course, they weren't able to close it out. So we're looking for a new person to jump in the hot seat. Uh, not you, Andy Duncan. You had your chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go to the championship. Sheffield United are top. Chris Wilder's boys. They're top of the league, Andy. What, what boys? What, what boys? <laughs> Wilder's boys. What an amazing job he's done there. I mean, ah. obviously brought them up into the championship with, with 100 points or whatever it was. Before that, did a great job at Northampton. Um, and it is a packed 
championship, as we keep saying, it's really close. Mm-hmm. It's full of about 16 or, or 17 teams who've been in the Premier League. It's a competitive division. Um, and, that, and and to be fair, they rode their luck a bit against Hull. Hull rallied, rallied in the second half. Um, Are we allowed to say it's a Yorkshire derby, James, or, or is Hull ooh. strictly Humberside? I'm a Yorkshireman, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Hull. Don't bring this Humberside sort of nonsense at yeah. me, okay? Oh, yeah. Just because we're out on the coast does not mean hey, James. we're not part of Yorkshire. It's certainly not humble side, is it? Yeah. I don't know. Is that worth it? I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, you you can't hear the laughter in the with the listeners. So, James, you're, you're famously, and if it wasn't famous, it's going to be now, uh, a Leeds United fan. Uh-huh. Um, how do you, but you were born in Hull. So yeah. how do you feel about Hull's being bottom of the championship at the moment? I've got a lot of sympathy for Hull and uh, they don't need my sympathy but I I, I, I grew up before I, I had a driver's license I did have a season ticket at Hull as well right partly because they were they were back in the third division when I was growing up um, and as soon as you could drive you were off <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> see you later guys uh, 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 it's um, I think it's a shame what's happened there um, yeah uh, not only because of, of, of yeah I think we should also f- remember that the Alums saved the club mm-hmm but their subsequent running of it um, has soured the relationship that they've had with fans, to say the least. It's a tricky one, isn't it? And they're very much aware of that and have you know, taken a backward step, only go to away games, if that, these days, um, because of the reception they get at the KCOM. And there's just this kind of like, it's almost like letting it just dwindle away. You know, I mean, you look at the... I remember when they last went down from the Premier League, they managed to keep that core of Premier League players together. So they had a very good squad for the championship. This time around, um, so we you know, talked about last season, when Leonard Slutsky got the job, you know, he was expecting they would do the same. And those that instead those players were sold from under him. You know, and it, it was again very much kind of like we're just going to try and get some players on loan from yeah, Liverpool's youth teams and, and Chelsea's youth teams too raw not cut out really for for for, for, for um maintaining well getting a push in the in, in the for the promotion that's in the championship and you now look at the situation they're in and you can completely understand why they're in it because it's they've just allowed themselves to, to, to drift let themselves go the, yeah. the amazing thing about hull is it hasn't happened sooner mm. well really, I, i'm it? still staggered from my uh, i'm staggered from my childhood to have seen hull in the in the premier league twice mm. staggered yeah mm-hmm. i bet yeah but as you were saying luke about um Sheffield United. It's interesting. You know, people always say about Guardiola or Mourinho, let's see how they would deal with a team that's, you know, near the bottom of the table. Let's see how they deal with a team of 30. With Chris Wilder, he's done so many different situations, (laughs) as you say, with Northampton, with Oxford, now with Sheffield United. You are seeing him do everything. Yeah, and and we've got teams in the championship, as James sort of touched on there, full of you know, depending on your lookout at Premier League quality players, yeah. really. I mean, but t- teams like Stoke and and you know, to a, to a, maybe to a lesser extent now, Aston Villa. But those types of teams, well, West Brom, yeah, know, West Brom was a great Leeds example. United. Yeah, Sheffield United came tenth last season, obviously consolidated their their Championship status, and now they're having a real push. And it really is. I mean, obviously it's down to the players as well, but a lot of it's down to the manager. He's done such a fantastic job there. They've got four tough games coming up, um, and, and they haven't really been blowing teams away. Like this whole thing is a good example because Hull are bottom of the league, as we know, and Sheffield United they they did give away a lot of chances in this game. So it will remain to be seen if they can keep it up because the four games they've got coming up are difficult. 
But so far, yeah, more power to Wilder's elbow. He's done, he's done brilliantly. Absolutely. Um, are we going to see Thierry Henry with John Terry uh, in the Aston Villa dugout soon? Just gentlemen? bear in mind, because this is the football ramble, whatever you say, the yeah. opposite will happen as soon as we finish recording. Absolutely. <laughs> so don't feel under any pressure, because that's going to happen so regardless. So feel free to, to drop in a double negative when you <laughs> yeah, talk about yeah. this, so you can get out of jail free there. What do you reckon, chat? I mean, Andy, you w- were keen when Henri was being linked to... Was it, Bordeaux? was it Bordeaux? Was it Bordeaux? I think it was Bordeaux yeah, in France. Well, only from a romantic perspective. Because, of course, well, we, don't, we don't really know what you can do as a coach. That's, that's true. That's the thing, isn't is, it? Is him popping up in, in Aston not as romantic? Um, well, Villa's a big club. It I, is I, a very I, big club. I, I, I don't see why not. Just the question is, how would he deal with it? The thing is, we, we know that how he's worked as a striker coach with Belgium because... The impact that he's had on those those players has, has been notable. They all absolutely eat out of his hand. And you wonder if it was kind of the Roberto Martinez payoff because all the senior players in Belgium were so incredibly underwhelmed by Martinez's appointment. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of... It's kind of it's like... True. It's true. It's, it's, it's a bit... It's a bit <laughs> How gutted were they out of 10? It's a bit like if you, if you took your your family to live in a, in a less nice town than you did, yeah. but you went to the kids, oh, here's some Lego. Right, okay. And it's the best Lego money can buy. Okay. That's what it's like getting Thierry Henry as striker coach. But of, of course, <laughs> what, what, he would, at the World Cup. what he would do, and, and he was promoted, and he, be, he became an assistant after that, and he's been promoted further to Roberto Martinez. So he's, first, impressed. First he's impressed, isn't he? Yeah, but I, I guess the thing is, we don't really know exactly what he does, exactly what influence he has, exactly what he'll be like as a first-team coach. It's really sexy. There's no getting away from yeah. that. But we we don't know how it would really pan well, out the, for Villa, and especially Villa where they're at at the moment. The, and lost the talk the is, weekend, So they're right, right in the middle of <laughs> They lost to, to, your, to your adopted home at Millwall. Andy. It's not my adopted home. Well, I was born in Lewisham. You were celebrating... Okay, fine. You were celebrating the result earlier before we came on air. You were saying... Oh, there's nothing like Millwall versus Villa at the den. Yeah, fine. It's, uh, it's a pretty very, special. A very loving but, affair. But the talk is, the talk is that Thierry Henry is going gonna, is gonna to come in with, Thierry, uh, with John Terry as his, his assistant. John Thierry. It's like, it's like, a, <laughs> it's like an NFL set-up. Defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the is midfield are going to do. Yeah, well, is yeah. that the or, way forward? Or yeah. it's like Roy Evans, Gerard Julio. Yes. Well, we hope we hope not. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but one Kerbishly <laughs> and Grit. Yeah, but one, ah, yes. one wasn't defensive, defensive and one was attacking, and that's what they were known Sven for. Sven and Ford. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Every, any of so what you're, you're seeing <laughs> is... One of the accordion. One of the accordion. <laughs> one of the piano. Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing Henri as the offensive coordinator of Villa and Terry as the defense the, yeah. coordinator. Well, I think yes. if anyone's yeah. going to be offensive, it's yeah. going to be John Terry, really, yeah. isn't it? Get um get old uh, <laughs> get um Kolarov in as uh, special teams. <laughs> yeah, free kicks. I, know, I yes. do. I do. Were you talking about when when Martinez was given the Belgium job, or he or he was going for it? I forget what Luke said when they were. You know what is the conversation? They're sitting there because Belgium obviously were not very good defensively, and so on. And he's thinking they were thinking. Well, Mar- uh, Robbie, y- y- you, you know, you struggle to set up a team defensively, right? Yeah. And you said, hang on, what's that behind the curtain? It's Thierry Henry. <laughs> 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 Who have you got behind the curtain there? Claudio Gentile, Paolo Maldini, you know, Franz Beckenbauer. va va boom. There he is. Don't you worry about that. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. We're going to score twice as many goals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they finished third at the World Cup. They did. Okay, they got that bronze medal. They ahead did. of Gareth's yeah. guys. So but they're not are. taking Bobby Martinez with them. Yeah. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, Marcus yeah. just called uh, England Gareth's guys. <laughs> Gareth's guys. Yeah. Hey, it's a football ramble, baby. Follow that alongside uh, Big Veng and the Gun Guns. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's not anymore. That's a thing no. of the past. Yeah, true. <laughs> thing of the past. We've got to think of a new one for Emery. Uh, Emery's empire. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's crack open the WhatsApp group, um, gentlemen. Which one? Should we have the jingle? Yeah, put the jingle in there. Okay, there we go. Got a little jingle for that, Pete? Have you got a little jingle for that, Pete? Have you got a little jingle for that? No, I've not got a jingle. No, we haven't got a jingle. For God's sake! (laughs) Now then, um, little update on Romario. We spoke about Romario in uh, in Brazil. He was going for Rio State Governor. Well, I messaged you last night, late on, said, "What we're going to do for the WhatsApp group this week? Um, What do you fancy?" (laughs) And you replied saying, "Don't worry, there's there's Brazilian elections coming up." (laughs) I'll have, an, I'll have an update for you if tomorrow. If there's one thing we cover yeah. quite extensively on the show is Brazilian uh, politics. Marx is Can the we... Jon Snow of the Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> swingometer in the yeah. silo. <laughs> Only when Romario's involved or Ronaldinho. Yeah. Ronaldinho's actually... George Weyer, yeah. get the president, we'll have a bit of that. Yeah. Can we there's si- a theme here, Andy. Can we simply say... Romario Fora. Indeed, he's he's out. Is he? He's oh. out of the running. But but Beto got elected. I don't know what in. <laughs> yeah. uh, I couldn't yeah. find the info. If I'm honest with you, I was <laughs> flicking through those Brazilian tabloids and they didn't give away too much. Basically, Marx's prep for this show is <laughs> don't give um, it away. Google News: Brazilian <laughs> Romario, Ronaldinho, George Weah, or Gigi Bacali over yeah. in Romania. <laughs> yeah, hit the translate button. <laughs> Get a couple of quotes. Chuck it in there. He'd do it a whole hour on that if he could. Lovely old jobs. Yeah. Andy? <laughs> <laughs> you were prone to say something. Like that. But you're concerned about the bigger picture in Brazil, of course, the far-right candidate who's... Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't like to talk too much politics and give away, but far-right candidate as yeah. a president of a big country, far, far that right, concerns me. Yeah. Far-right far candidate endorsed by a number of footballers. Lucas Moura. Lucas, Lucas Moura involved. Rivaldo. I'd say all the... All Ronaldinho. Cut yeah, that. Rivaldo, I saw that You're one. in a quandary now, Speller. I am. Yeah, Ronaldinho's no, tacked his colours to that mask. Does it surprise you? He's probably drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of money, let's drink. I want to take it but to less glamorous territory and mm-hmm. say, did you guys see what happened at Carlisle United uh, this weekend? No, tell me. No. But down in League Two, Carlisle we United Here went we to play against Oldham at Boundary Park. This is it. Um, there wasn't a far right march or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not linking it back to that. Um, not for Brazilian right. politics anyway. Gary, midfielder Gary Liddell for Carlo United came out of the tunnel wearing a Tom Parks shirt, okay. right, who was one of his teammates. Yeah. And interestingly enough, Tom Parks was also wearing a Tom Parks shirt. Oh, hang on. So and Gary Little didn't do the decent thing, which was to get instantly booked, because that's what you should have done, uh-huh. and see what the referee did. But after three or four minutes, it was noticed, and he had to go and change Oh, the game shirt. started? Yeah, the game carried, the game played. They play in the game, and two people with Parks number four on the back. Uh, but he didn't do the decent thing and get booked, though. Ah, uh, he should have done. I thought you, yeah, I thought you were going to say the ref. This will test you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say he got booked and gave Parks his name. <laughs> he should have, like on Sunday great. football, if but you've got a ring. I think, I think, which I've fo- never done. I think the fourth official noticed and made him change it. But I don't know how that happens. There's two of one shirt. Weird. Bit of banter. Well, yeah. well they always have a couple of spares, don't they? But- well, some, no, but some players do they not? They ch- might change the jersey at half time. If it's like, I don't know, they're a bit sweaty. Or I, I don't, I don't think yeah. in like Carlisle versus MK, they swap shirts in the my, my tunnel at half time, do they? No, 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 no. As in, no but if, maybe if, if it was a rip something. or something, I don't know. Right, yeah. sure. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm... My, my, my favourite shirt-based Farago, I, I have to say, was uh, in the Champions League about 10 years ago when Brian Bergenu was playing for Lyon. And he, of course. He's, yeah. he scored the fifth goal uh-huh. against uh, Sparta, I think it was. Oh. And he took his shirt off to reveal another shirt. Oh, obviously, underneath. Didn't, didn't, was it Marcel? Still it, got booked. Who was it who played for Sheffield United? Was it Marcelino? 
Someone for Sheffield United did that as well, famously, yeah, back okay. in the day. Yeah. You make him sound like a Russian doll, Andy. Yeah, it was a bit you like get that. Smaller and smaller. <laughs> and smaller. <laughs> he chucked his shirt into the crowd, but he had another one underneath. It was, it was on the, it was, it was twenty odd years ago, though. My, my personal mm. favourite on this was um, when Arcadius Milik, the Napoli striker, yeah. did his cruciate ligaments last year. Uh, the next game, Insigne scored ran over to the sideline to be given a Milik shirt to basically present as a gesture of solidarity. He was given a shirt, hold it, holds it up, and he doesn't know that the name on the on the back of it is not Milik's. <laughs> <laughs> Who wasn't injured. Milik's like, cheers. I love it. We've been, in the, we've been in the studio so long now, the European football chat's yeah, coming up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. We're, we're, we're going to have to stop it there. But that kind Foreign of chat, mark. that kind of chat, ladies and gentlemen, can be heard on On the Continent, which is out every Wednesday and Saturday. But thank you very much, uh, ladies and gentlemen for listening to this on the continent takeover of the football ramble Jim will be back on the preview show this Thursday and then Pete will be back on Monday so so normality will be resumed very soon and can I just cut in there and say for those of you who are wondering where Pete is and this is not a drill <laughs> or a joke <laughs> Pete is currently in Zimbabwe yep. so you want to tune in on Monday and find out what he's been doing absolutely right but Andy and James thank you very much gentlemen pleasure thank yeah, you for, for having us, us. it's yeah. an honour and a privilege a thanks. ruddy pleasure we'll, we'll see in. you on Wednesday for on the continent uh, which is uh, available as I say every Wednesday and Saturday on Apple, Google or wherever you prefer to get your pods and can I just say before we go James is such a money grabber that he asked if we could be paid the same and do on the continent today instead of Wednesday as well so we didn't have to come back in how do you plead James? Uh, guilty <laughs> <laughs> no further question <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.